What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Learn Lead Podcast, episode 22 here. Landon, how we doing, man? Tony, what is up? Is it Tony V or Tony C today? Tony C. It's Tony C. Tony C. I get, I get a text message this morning. Tony, Okay, Tony C. Fill me in on what Tony C sounds. What does that stand for? So it's 2.20 in the afternoon right now. We're supposed to be up at 7 doing our intro for Mr. William Schufelt. And uh, I get a text from Tony while I was asleep. And he's like, hey, man, I was up till 3 in the morning, 2 in the morning watching beach volleyball. But I was up at 2 a.m. regardless watching beach volleyball irresponsibly because we had a podcast to record at 7. And so I said, hey, you mind if we just do it at 2? And you're like, all right, Tony C. I'm like, Tony C. And it stands for for Tony Cornflake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hmm. man. That one hurt. That one hurt. I'm trying to find all these different words that go with C. And I hear Tony Cornflake. It had me dying. Made my day. Made my day. Yeah, definitely one of those had to be there jokes probably, but. Usually when you have to be up early in the morning for things that are important, you, you go to bed early. But I, I guess Beach Volleyball to took president. Dude, <laughs> these guys are just so good. They are so good at what they do. It's really impressive to watch. And uh, I definitely should should have been asleep. But Beach Volleyball did take precedent during that time. I did tell you I was going to be awake. And I was awake at 647. But I was like, nah, fuck it. I'm going to go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Cornflake. No more no more Tony V. It's funny. But you know what I'm doing right now? I, uh, obviously, you know. but. The, the listeners don't know. I actually I had to run over to my parents' house for, for a, a quick sec to do something for work. And I was like, oh, I might not be able to get back in time for two. And I don't want to be Tony, Tony Cornflake times two because that's just going to stick the name. So I brought my, my microphone, my headphones, and the, uh, and the laptop with me. And now I got a mobile studio. And it's pretty cool to be able to just like – I have a podcast and a backpack basically. You're not using your normal microphone, are you? No, I have that on the stand, but I'm using the one that I actually lent Eddie, who, by the way, we're going to be doing an episode with Eddie dropping next week. He's uh, the the newest addition to our team. Really excited to have him on. That's a little plug right there. But yeah, this is a, a microphone. This is a really nice one, but I just never really had the chance to use it. We used it for the episode with James Varela, and it worked nice. So I'm glad. I'm hoping that the, the quality comes out well on this one. I'll tell you what, Zencaster, not to plug Zencaster, our company that we use for the podcasting, but it's a great platform, man. You can you can guess anybody from anywhere in the world as long as you have an internet connection and and a and a decent web browser. It it, it puts out a nice sound, good quality, and it's easy, pretty easy to edit, to be honest. It with makes you. everything so much easier. It's just, hey, you got Google Chrome? Okay, we're sending you an email and we'll get it going. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It's it's beautiful. Talk about talk about that seventy five hard challenge. I know we want to get to that. What's what's going on with that? Yeah, so it's actually it's funny enough. I I just follow Ben Newman, who we actually we obviously had on the podcast, and he was amazing. And so obviously I follow more of his content. And he's doing this thing called the seventy five hard challenge. And I'm like, you know what? If Ben's doing this challenge, there's got to be something good. So I looked more into it. And this guy, I believe his name is Andy Frasilla. He started this challenge, and it's very simple, but it's very very challenging at the same time because you got to do it for a long time. And so I'll just run you down the checklist of five things that you have to do every day for the next 75 days. And I'm going to start this on Monday and I'm going to go through my progress on the podcast, on social. I'm going to keep myself accountable. It's going to be tough, but here it goes. Basically, you have to follow a diet. It could be any diet of choice, but you have to be following a diet. 
Then you have to complete two 45-minute workouts, and one of those workouts must be outdoors. No matter what, if it's rain or shine, you have to work out outdoors. And those workouts could be anything. It could be a, a walk, a slow-paced walk. It could be a bike ride. It could be a really intense workout. So it's two 45-minute sessions spread out throughout the day. And uh, I mean, I think more of it is like you have to prioritize the time. I don't think it's more of a physical thing. It's definitely more of a mental battle. And then there's absolutely no alcohol or cheat meals during this thing. The whole 75. Not happening. Not happening for me. I feel like I I was going to ask you, (laughs) I was going to ask you to do it. And uh, I heard the, I saw the no alcohol. I'm like, there's no point of even asking Landon to do it. I know Landon likes his, uh, whatever you drink. Uh, Guys, I'm not an alcoholic by any means, but I, I like a nice beer every now and then. I like a nice whiskey. I like wine. Like I drink pretty much everything, but I don't know if I could do it. I don't know. Not not at that point in my life yet. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. I I just I just felt myself slipping the last couple of weeks in in my discipline, and it's guaranteed. Basically, he makes you listen to a podcast before you start it. And this guy's next level savage. He is next level. And uh, this is basically this is it's a it's a challenge for mental toughness. And the side effects are that you get it really ripped during it. You're using physical things to build your mental toughness, and it's not hard. There's nothing crazy in this. Uh, the next thing is take a progress picture every day which isn't hard, but it's something you got to do or else you have to start over. Then drink one gallon of water, which is it's something that's beneficial for us anyway. And then the last thing is read 10 pages of a book, which I read more than 10 pages of a book anyway every day. And uh, there's zero compromise. You can't substitute anything. And you have until you go to sleep to complete the day. And if you fail, whether you're on day 73, if you fail at any one of those, you don't take your progress picture, you got to start over on day one. The only person you're cheating is yourself. So I'm really excited to start it. If I fail, I fail, but we're going to we're going to really harp on this in the middle of the summer where you can't drink alcohol. It's definitely going to be a challenge. I was going to say I, I I could see myself doing it in like, you know, October, November, those months. Thanksgiving would be a tough day. Um, well, so 75 days, it's a little over 2 months. So October, November into December by Christmas time you can celebrate. Is kind of the idea, at least how I would see it. If you want to wait, I'll do it with you. We'll hold each other accountable. But if not, have fun. I'll 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 see you on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see how it goes, and then uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll decide on waiting. But I'm definitely going to try and go all in. Tony's going to have a Tony's going to have another late night beach volleyball, and and uh, he'll he'll cave. That's my prediction. But what am I going to cave in? You know what what what's it doesn't say you can't watch beach volleyball at night. <laughs> you know if it said you what's can't the watch diet, beach volleyball what's at night, the, I'd be like okay. But what's the diet? What's the diet constraints? Like, are you going to set a solid diet and like? Yeah, what, so I'm what's thinking the, about. Uh, see, I know that I would not be able to do like a keto for for two mm-hmm. two and a half months. So I'm thinking of just maybe sticking to an intermittent fasting type thing with a low low carb mixed into it. Nothing crazy, but just nothing. You know, I think the biggest part of it is that no, absolutely no cheat meals. And I'm excited to see what I'm going to look like on the on the way out. I'll tell you what, the intermittent fasting is, and I know we talk a little bit about diet and stuff with Will on this podcast, but I, so I won't go into it heavy, but I I've been enjoying that intermittent fasting lifestyle during changer. the work week specifically. Yeah. And I know, changer. I know Corey G actually talked to us about it a decent amount. He kind of lives by that. Um, yeah. He does anabolic fasting where he, he takes yeah. it to a whole different level, which is, I said, I might just decide to do that because it's a really good diet. I enjoy it. And I, I'm sure most people know what that is at this point. If you don't, it's basically where you, you, you cut a solid chunk of, of the hours of your day out where you just simply don't eat. Um, a lot of people like to incorporate a workout before they get their first meal in. But overall, I, I, I'd say that's my take on it. And the, and the, and the length of time where you're not eating is different for everybody. Kind of like what you're saying with Corey G, but 
Anyways. Yeah. And and the, the weird thing is that in the beginning, you would think that, I mean, in the beginning, it's tough, obviously, but then your body adapts to it. But you would think that this would deplete your energy. It does the absolute reverse and your energy is just through the roof. I haven't been on it recently, but when I, I was strict for it for about two to three months and my energy was next level. And I, I don't know what, what your, uh, your schedule is like on it now, but I, I would assume you have, you're a pretty high energy dude. You get up really, uh, really early in the morning, you get after it. So I definitely my, see it's my thing is, dude. Yeah. Like my thing is if I work out in the morning, I'm not going to, I'm not going to not eat or put protein in my body or get the right nutrients in my body. Mm-hmm. So if I, if I go for a run in the morning or I lift in the morning or I work out in the morning, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fast during the day. But generally what I've been doing on the days I fast is I'll wake up in the morning and I just basically pound fluids. So water and, and some black coffee, mm-hmm. um, throw some cream in it, whatever, but water and coffee all day up until noon, up until noon to one o'clock, depending on how busy the day is, I'll eat something, something light. And then I'll generally work out around four to five o'clock in, in the evening. And then I'll, and then I will eat a solid salad meal around six 30 at night. And I try to do that around four times a week. And I'd be lying if I said, I've been pretty solid on that. Cause the last couple of weeks of 4th of July and everything is kind of thrown a wrench into it, but that's what I've been doing for at least four out of the seven days of the week. But and I think the yeah. beauty of it is that like, if you're trying to consistently do that and you're, you're being somewhat disciplined, that allows you to to be a little bit off your game at times. You know, that's what we do it for. We're not here to be bodybuilders. We're here to be able to maintain a lifestyle and not get fat and unhealthy. Yeah, man. It's crazy. We live in a, we live in a world right now where just we're constantly getting pulled in different directions and they're always, I mean, it's so easy to just walk outside your house and drive down the street and have, you know, it's like going to the grocery store when you're hungry. You walk out with 50 more things than you need or wanted but you're hungry and, you're, and there's so many things that are that are pulling at you you can grab off the shelf it's just it's a dangerous world if you don't have discipline and i think that's that why, i think that's what it's all about that's why i had to delete uber eats and <laughs> that that's that's why i'm doing the 75 hard challenge because there's going to be it's the, the things that i listed those aren't challenging things you know those are really pretty basic things but you're going to come across a time where a, a couple weeks in it's it's easy you know oh this is so easy then a couple months a birthday party comes up where you, you're like, shit, I want to eat this, but no, I'm on day 55. Why would I change that? Or you, your, your friends invite you out to, to go drinking and do all this stuff. And you're like, shit, that sounds like a great time. But now what am I going to do there and just sit there and drink water? I'll probably end up doing that, which is not a bad thing, but you're going to, there's definitely going to be temptations in the way. And he says it's, it's guaranteed that this, this program should be worth millions of dollars because it's that easy that after 75 days, you have built the discipline and the mental toughness to say no to things. And that's our biggest deficit is that we're not able to say no to things consistently. And I would be lying if I said that I'm not in that boat as well. Tony, it's time for the sticky note of the day. And then let's get into William Sticky note, sticky note. Go ahead, brother. Activity without high levels of purpose is the drain of your of your fortune. That's Tony Robbins. Retweet, man. I, there's some times where I'm just like, oh, I'm doing all this activity and I got nothing behind it. And it's like, did I really do anything? <laughs> no, it's it's easy to go through the motions. It's easy to go through the motions. And it's just, I think it's a good reminder, you know, whatever you're doing, what is your purpose behind it? And, and how's it driving you forward? You know, and sometimes, it, and sometimes you don't think it's driving you forward. You have, you don't really think about it in that way, but just, even if it's just making a conscious decision with what you're putting in your body during lunchtime, that's, that's a purposeful action even if it's that small yeah i think the biggest thing is there there should be an intentionality behind everything we do and a lot of times we're just doing it to do 
And in our career paths, it's pretty easy to get stuck on on Facebook or Instagram and think that we're doing something because we're technically on the clock working, you know. But mm-hmm. you know, really, we're. I'm like, oh, I'm networking, but really, I'm just scrolling through Instagram looking at billion dollar houses. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for us, Tony? All right, is this Tony V or Tony C? You're Tony V. You're good. You're All good. right, we're back. We're back. I, I got my shit for the day. We're on the mic. You cannot be upset with the results you can't create from work you refuse to do. Love it. I would drop I my it. mic, but uh, it's it's in my hand. Uh, I don't want to make a loud sound, but you know, that's a great segue to our to our uh, our interview with Mr. William Schufeld. What a great interview! This kid is next level. I'm excited to see him blow up, and everyone's going to know his name one of these days, man. We're at 13 minutes right now, and I'm I'm sitting back like. Holy shit! I hope if anyone's listening to this, they we didn't bore them off off the uh, off the podcast and they're ready to listen to this guy because one of our best guests yet um, really really packs a punch, man. He he exceeded our expectations. He's an actor, author, YouTuber. He's the Red Power Ranger on Nickelodeon, where you can find on Netflix and obviously Nickelodeon. Um, the full name is 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 Power Rangers Ninja Steel. Um, he's a fitness enthusiast. He's a musician. Our conversation extends all the way throughout everything. Um, he gives some insight on the Hollywood lifestyle, what it took for him to get to to his role as the Red Power Ranger, some of the roles he had beforehand, and the trajectory that he's on will surprise you guys, I think, as well beyond just his acting career. Yeah, and I, I really thought that the whole interview, I'm like, oh, it's the Red Power Ranger. Let me let me just talk about this, talk about the Power Ranger stuff. And literally, we grazed over it for a couple minutes and went on to like things that actually like are really happening in the world and what, what the things that help with self growth, this kid is next level. And he's, I say kid because he's our age and he's, uh, he's making a big name for himself. I'm really excited. Your, your quote actually, it's ironic because we have show notes after every, after every interview. And the quote that we thought was a great idea for the title of this podcast is don't trust the results with William Schufeld. Your quote is just so aligned and it's so funny how we, we we didn't even consider the title that we picked for this podcast when you picked that quote, did we? No, no, not at all. And it's that quote is all about he, he him himself is all about doing the work. I don't care about the results. I'm going to put the work in and it's going to pay me later. He also teaches us how to write a mission statement at the end. So definitely tune in for that. And as Landon was saying, I apologize, guys, if we, if we just went down a crazy rabbit hole for 15 minutes. You guys are really in for a great interview. One of our best yet. Also, I want to ask you this. We obviously don't charge a fee for you to listen to our podcast, but the fee that we do charge is that if you see any value in this podcast, you get any bit of value, please just tell a friend or like it, subscribe it, share it anywhere because people need to hear this stuff from our guests. You don't have to hear us, although we have some decent stuff and, uh, Landon likes to shit on me a bunch, but it's okay. But <laughs> even if, even if, even if you, even if you don't feel comfortable sharing it everywhere, if you hear something that you think somebody would be interested in, if you see a guest, someone would be interested in, even if you just share it with one person. Yeah, that's all. Or we can even ask. even send us a DM, like one of our pictures. You know, we're trying to grow, and we want other people to get value out of this, and that's it. But that being said, everyone enjoy the podcast. Let us know how you feel. We love you guys. Have a great day. This is the Learn Lead Podcast with your hosts, 
Tony V, and Landon Arcangelo, coming to you with exclusive access inside the lives of some of the world's most successful leaders. Right, we got Mr. William Schufelt in the virtual studio here. Will's an actor, an author, YouTuber, plays the Red Power Ranger on Nickelodeon's Power Rangers Ninja Steel, fitness enthusiast, guy's absolutely ripped. Will, how's it going, man? It's going very well. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, anytime, man. Just, uh, I mean, the floor is yours. Give us some background on uh, your personal career and your your acting career as well. Just kind of let's get into it. Yeah, so um, if I had to give you a, a small version of this, I was basically, you know, from a from a little town, Modesto in Northern California, went to UC San Diego to study economics, and I did that for three years. Um, each summer, I would I would do a different internship and in, in different fields, accounting or insurance or consulting. Um, I became president of our economic society there, and I was heavily invested in that community. And in my last year of college, I got to a point where I was I was really taking some time to reflect because I was aware that, you know, in one year I was going to get kind of thrust out into the workforce. So I took some time to reflect. I was reading a lot of personal development, really working on myself. And I realized that my life wasn't headed in the direction that I wanted it to go in. Um, and when I got down to it, I realized that I had always wanted to get into acting. I had always wanted to get into entertainment. And basically, um, become an entrepreneur in a sense. I wanted to do what I wanted to do to be able to start businesses, write books, act in shows, things like that. But the only thing stopping me was fear. And also, um, you know, it, it wasn't just financial fear, but it was also um, social pressure, not wanting to let anyone down, things like that. So I basically said, screw it in the last year of college. And I said, you know what? I'm going to dedicate myself to this goal this year and I want to see how far I can get within one year. So I set a goal to star on a major TV show within a year and I broke that thing down, you know, all the way down to what do I need to have accomplished in six months and in three months and in one month and weekly and daily. And I just used a really simple system. I would get up at 4 a.m. and I would work up until about 10 p.m. and I would just completely devote myself to making as much progress as possible every day. I took every audition. I took every acting class. I was commuting from San Diego to LA um, multiple times a week. And luckily, my, my bet paid off. And by the end of that year, I had done a bunch of commercials and music videos and short films and plays. Um, and then I starred in an independent feature film. Um, and then as soon as I wrapped on that, I went straight to New Zealand to film Power Rangers. So it was uh, a fast year, and since then, I've, I've written books in health and fitness. Um, I have a few series uh, that I'm working on right now, and I also have a lot of music that I'm working on. So I've basically continued down that path since. So before we get into Power Rangers and talk about kind of that space, can you talk about the auditions, what those are like? I mean, to people like us who, and, and a lot of our listeners who aren't in that L.A. scene, don't understand that world, can you talk about what those auditions are like? Um, from this time you walk in to how you're prepped to just the pressure, if if any, you feel walking into those rooms. Oh, yeah. So auditions, that's an interesting process. So you'll basically get breakdowns online. A breakdown is a description of what the show or the project is and the different roles available. 
And you can either self-submit to those um, where you're kind of, it, it's almost like applying. You could self-submit to those to try to get an audition, an in-person audition. And there's a couple of different websites you can do that on. Um, and then the other option is when you have an agent or a manager and they'll submit you for that. And ideally, you know, at the beginning, you're doing both. Ideally, you know, you want to be doing literally everything you can. So you do that, you get the audition, you get sent what are called sides. And that's basically um, maybe a two to three page, sometimes five page script. You memorize that, prepare it. And when you go in the room, you're going to be reading with a casting director and the casting director is going to be playing the other role. And you basically kind of stand up there in front of the camera, in front of the lights, and you're you're standing on one side of the room. And then on the other side of the room, they have usually two to three people sitting behind a table. Um, and they're sort of watching the performance and they're also filming it. And yeah, you basically go in there, you do that and you leave and <laughs> that's kind of the end of it. And one of the weird things about the process is when you walk into the audition, you'll usually see you know, 10 to 15, maybe 20 people sitting there in the lobby. And they usually look kind of like you. Um, they they have types in acting. So they might say looking for um, young, Latin, athletic, blah, blah, blah. You know, they have all of these different types. And you walk in there and you're like, wow, uh, <laughs> every single one of these guys looks kind of like me. Um, so that's that's always a weird part of it. But that's, that's pretty much how auditioning goes. And what... What, if any, have you learned from acting class that you, you didn't know before you got into that space and, and did it prepare you at all for these for these interviews and these auditions? Um, acting class, that's a that's a really good avenue to it's almost like getting rounds in and boxing or anything like that, where one thing that that's going to help you do is basically break down that initial fear or that initial um, nervousness or tension around auditions you get to the point in acting class where you're going up so often in front of the entire class and acting out these scenes. And a lot of the times the scenes in acting class are a lot more in depth than in an audition. Um, they're a lot more emotionally driven and, and they're going to, they're going to test you a lot more. So that's one of the great things about acting class is that it's just going to get you comfortable in that role. Um, but when you're auditioning, you know, one of the things that I learned from acting classes and auditioning is just how important confidence is because these people can sniff out fear and fear usually betrays that you lack preparedness in some sense, or um, you're just kind of not ready for that. And if you're fearful in the audition, you're very likely going to be fearful on set. So that's, that's one thing that I've always tried to make sure to nail down is to walk in there and portray confidence. And I find that that helps me with auditions. Yeah, it definitely seems like that's one of the bigger factors in terms of what they're looking for to see. They, they, don't want to, they don't want to have someone coming in there that's not confident already, and now they have to already teach you all these lines and teach you this role and also try and build your confidence as well. And so I guess yeah. that's a good transition into how did you go about getting that the Red Ranger role? I know you probably ask, get asked this a lot, but we definitely want to cover it a little bit on the show. Can you talk a little bit about that and exactly what Power Ranger Ninja Steel is as well? Yeah. So getting that role, um, essentially, I, I had started off very small. I was applying to plays. I was doing some music videos in San Diego. I was doing short films. And uh, I was basically 
doing as many of those things as possible to put together a resume. I had built a website. I had headshots done. And I took all of that and I went to the the major agency in San Diego and I put a pitch together and I, I was lucky enough to get a meeting. I, I knew somebody that was represented by them and she set up the meeting. So I went in there, I met with them and they agreed to represent me. So from there, I, I really continued doing what I was doing. I was still going to every single casting I could, acting in all these different projects. But now I had an agency that was going to also send me out for bigger roles. And that's that's one of the main benefits of an agency. They're going to have connections to producers, casting directors, things like that, that um, uh, up-and-coming actor wouldn't have. So they had a great connection to the Power Rangers casting director. They had booked a Power Ranger once in the past, so that was good as well. And yeah, there was just a day that came along where I had just finished doing this uh, Coca-Cola commercial, which to me was like one of the biggest days when I was starting off. That, that was like one of the biggest days of my life. And I had booked this, and I had just finished doing that in LA. It was late. I was driving back. I just got back to San Diego, and it was maybe midnight. And I checked my email and I had an audition for, I don't know if it said that it was Power Rangers, but the description of the role, I thought that's literally me. When, when, when I read the description of the role, I was like, that's exactly me. It was something about like a young, energetic, ambitious, positive person. And I was thinking like, okay, that's me. Um, it's got, you know, it, you needed martial arts experience and different things like that. So I was like, okay, this is perfect. And I got the sides, but the audition was for the next day. So I memorized the sides and I had to get up at like maybe six the next morning, went straight back to LA, did the audition. I was completely sunburnt from this Coca-Cola thing because we had been in the sun all day. And I was thinking, crap, this is not a good look, but did the audition and I, I got a call back from there. Callbacks are kind of like the second round. So, you know, a couple of weeks will go by, maybe a month will go by you might get a callback. That's usually where, you know, they thin out a lot of the people from the initial audition. Um, did the callback. And then a couple months later, I got called in for the final screen test, which is where they bring in the producers, the directors, all that kind of stuff. And now we're down to like 10 people from having this sort of international search. They, they bring it down to like 10 people. We're all in this room together. And I did the audition from there. And then uh, a couple months later, I found out I got the role and it was, it was off to the races. What do you think it was that separated you from the other actors and full, full transparency? Sorry to, sorry to throw that at you. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, I strongly believe it was the fact that I literally had no question in my mind that I was going to book the role. I saw it extremely clearly. I was willing to do you know, any amount of work to make sure that I got that role. Um, literally the day that I got the audition, the first audition, I, I got this picture of the red Ranger and I put my name underneath it. I put starring William Schufel. I put that up on my wall. Um, I visualize this thing constantly. I rehearse the scenes constantly. I was preparing for this constantly. I was the only uh, person auditioning that went out and I put together like literally these folder pitches for each of the producers and directors that I would give them that kind of listed out some of my different experience. It had my resume in there. It had my headshots. It had some modeling shots. Um, I'd gotten these different photo shoots done to portray myself in these different lights. And I gave them each these little uh, pitches. 
And it was, it was just things like that where I would go above and beyond. And I think the last thing would just be when I, when I was in the room with them, I just had no fear because I had imagined that so many times I'd played it out in my head so many times. So, um, I was, I was definitely ready for it and I put in the work. I love the mindset behind it all. That's uh, you literally manifested yourself into getting the role. What was one book, one major book that that played a major role in in that mindset? Oh, let's see. Um, I wonder if I, I would like to say something that people don't always say, but it's it's really the basics. Um, I started off with Think and Grow Rich, which you know basically everyone has read at this point. Um, that was that was a big one because. That book, it really shows you some of the powerful things that can happen when you have a vision. But I had to build on top of that foundation, though. There were so many books that contributed to my understanding of uh, of goal setting and work ethic. I would say one more book, if I could throw one more in there that I think is amazing, is The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles. It doesn't just touch on the mental aspect of things or the law of attraction side of things or anything like that. But it puts a really practical touch on taking action. And I think that a lot of um, books on manifesting or mindset or anything like that, one area that they can fail sometimes is that they forget the aspect of the puzzle that requires actual work. They forget the actual, uh, the constant daily effort that's required to bring these dreams to life. Uh, there's, There's a quote that I heard a while ago that said, the bridge between a dream and reality is hard work. And the harder you work, you know, the closer you're going to be able to um, bridge that gap. So that's just, that's the mindset that I had going into it. Love it. And funny enough, Landon and I, we host a a book club every once a month and we do a discussion and Think and Grow Rich was last month's book. And that discussion awesome. was uh, was next level. So now how, how has this, that role changed your life over the last two years socially? Um. So one of the great things about that is that it has opened up basically every opportunity that came after that. Power Rangers was really a foot in the door for so many things. Um, You know, like, for example, I I recently wrote a book with one of the top doctors in the low-carb keto paleo space, Dr. Ted Naiman. And I'd been a fan of his work for a while. And I pitched him on the idea of finally putting a book together because he had never written a book. And I wanted his ideas to be out there, um, you know, in book form. And that's one of those things where obviously he's not watching the show, but everybody knows what it is. And it's it's a household name in a sense, and it's a global brand. So it's been extremely helpful for that. When I when I speak at different conventions or I, I speak at universities sometimes, um, it's another foot in the door. The people that I'm speaking to, they haven't really seen it. And you know, honestly, I'm glad they haven't seen it. <laughs> I don't want them watching it to begin with. But um, it's it's an amazing foot in the door with those kind of things. And ultimately, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity just like anything else. And you could either choose to build on top of that foundation. You could build on top of that opportunity that you're given. Um, they kind of pass the ball to you and they want to see what you're going to do with it. Or you can choose to not do anything with it and to rest on your laurels and to remain stagnant. And I think that's a that's a really unfortunate thing. But a lot of actors either lack the understanding or the humility to continue hustling after a show like that. They think, okay, I've made it now. I've starred on a national TV show. Um, these roles should be now coming to me. And that's just, it doesn't work like that at all. You got to 
you got to stay in the dirt like 24 seven, you got to keep hustling nonstop. And when I look at some of my role models, that's what they do. It doesn't matter how big they get or how successful they are. They stay working their asses off nonstop. And I think that's, that's one of the keys to it. You never want to lose that humility of thinking that now you're too good to work hard. Right. And and it seems like you're, you're in its essence, you're, you're not in love with the results. You're in love with the process itself of chasing something greater than where you are today. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't trust the results, man. Like people, people Mm -hmm. will, will tell me sometimes they're like, you're this, you're that. Like, um, man, you're, you're very humble for those things, but it's like, you can't trust that stuff. Cause I know where all of that came from. That was just a lot of long nights spent working. It's not, it's not like you're actually, people get it messed up when they think that they're actually special or that they're different or anything like that. When you realize the truth of it is that it's a function of your hard work. It's a function of preparedness. It's a function of, um, being ready when the opportunity was there, then it takes away any ego you might've had around it. And you realize, okay, there's, there's nothing to get too excited about. Let me just get back to work. And I think that's probably the best mental space to be in because you're always moving forward after that. How has your social life, you know, outside of your career and your endeavors in that space, how has your social life changed over the last two, three years? You know, honestly, it, it hasn't really changed that much. Um, I've always never placed too much of an emphasis on social life. I'll be totally honest. Um, I really enjoy how collaborative acting and music are. And I've always just used that as my social life. I've used that as my ability to, uh, connect with people, to meet great people, to talk to people, to hang out. Um, and I always try to do that in a, I guess in a work context. Um, I'm not really the kind of person that would go out of my way to, to try to hang out or to try to set a bunch of things up like that. So it really hasn't changed my social life at all, to be honest. So, Will, as a as a 23, 24-year-old, uh, you're 24, 25? I'm sorry. Uh, I'm 25. I'm getting on there. Okay. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> and for a guy, I mean, you're extremely humble for where you're at in life, and you obviously live a relatively successful life in terms of your career. What are some of the times that people have told you no? Hmm. Times that people have told me no. Um. I would, you know, I, I'll say two things about this. You receive a lot of mini rejections in in acting or in honestly any endeavor. Anything I've done, I've received a lot of like mini uh, rejections where you either don't get a role or you pitch a book to a publisher and they say no, or um, you know, even even you work on a song and it just sounds like crap. Whatever it happens to be, there's a ton of those mini rejections. Um, I, I really don't care about those. It, it doesn't affect me at all. Like, like I'm telling you guys, like it's literally all about, okay, what's lined up for tomorrow? What's the work I have come, going, up, uh, going on tomorrow? What are my goals for this week? So I, I don't really dwell on the rejection at all besides using it as feedback. But the other thing that I'd say is I've received a lot of support. Um, there's been a lot of very positive people in my life that have believed in me throughout this process even when I was just starting out, even when I was, you know, back at UC San Diego, just getting going, um, I never encountered anyone that told me that it wasn't going to happen or that um, I don't have a chance or anything like that. Everybody that I ever brought it up to told me like, yeah, I could see that happening. Like, you know, go for it. Like, 
keep, keep going, keep working at it. Um, you know, I, I could definitely see that happening. So I would say that I've been very fortunate in that regard to have supportive friends, supportive family around me that, um, always believed in what I was doing. That's amazing, man. That's a byproduct of your work ethic. I mean, it seems like your mindset is so next level for a 25 year old. I mean, we're, we're relatively the same age and that that's, it's just uh, very impressive. And I, I want to talk a little bit about your, your fitness stuff. Cause I know we're, we're looking at your I, IG page and you're definitely into fitness. So talk a little <laughs> bit about your fitness routine. What's that, the PE diet that the book that you wrote, can you talk yeah. a little bit comprehensively about that, please? Yeah. So fitness has been a passion of mine. Oh God, forever. Um, when I was five, I got into martial arts and you know, I had pictures of Bruce Lee and, and Van Damme and Arnold and all these different guys on my wall as as like a five-year-old. And I was always kind of training at home and practicing katas and doing push-ups. So I got really into it back then. And then when I was 12, I started going to the gym. And that was just, that was it for me. Like I knew that I fell in love with something there. And that's kind of been one of my main passions ever since. And I've been through so many different phases with that. Um, you know, when I started out, I was like any 12 or 13 year old that's getting into the gym where, you know, you're reading muscle magazines, you're blowing your parents' money at GNC, and you're making all of no gains. <laughs> and from there, you know, at 15, I started to get really into powerlifting. I got into uh, like Wendler 531 and strong lifts and just doing a lot of compound lifting. Um, and I was also competing in arm wrestling tournaments a lot, which was super fun. And that was another passion of mine, uh, like competitive arm wrestling. And once I got to college and I started to focus in on this acting goal, that's when I started to sort of refine my physique and try to chisel down and lean out a little bit. Um, it affects the, it affects your whole physique. It also affects your face. Um, so I, I just kind of wanted to have like a lean chiseled look to me and, yeah. So went through a lot of different phases with that. There was a time from 15 to 18 where I had severe acne. Um, at 18, when I went off to college, I hopped on a vegan diet and I did that for three and a half years. It cleared my skin up, but it led to a lot of nutritional deficiencies. And as much as I was trying to remedy those with supplementation or cleaning up my diet even more, um, it really just wasn't working out for me. So after three and a half years of doing that, I I got off of that. At the time, the keto diet was just starting to gain popularity. And I was reading a lot about that. And I did a keto diet for six months, felt incredible, but my physique was not there. Um, I, I just looked kind of flat, looked a little, uh, a little puffy, I guess. So from there, I started to um, follow Dr. Ted Naiman. And he was the guy that just nailed it for me. Um, the PE diet basically comes down to regardless of what diet you're doing, that you got two factors. It's protein and then energy. And energy is carbs and fats. Those are your energy calories. The body does not really use protein as an energy calorie. doesn't matter how much protein you eat. That's not really going to give you a source of energy. Um, and there are studies that show when people are eating crazy amounts of protein and no carbs and no fats, they get something called rabbit starvation, where eventually um, they do starve. And and there, I think there are a few case reports of people dying from this. So you got protein and energy. And the main thesis of this book is that the United States and kind of the world at large have really diluted the protein supply by 
injecting a ton of flour, oil, and sugar into the dietary supply. Any food that we all love, whether it's donuts or pizza or burgers or whatever, it's usually because of a combination of flour, oils, sugars. You know, if you look at the back of any dessert, it's going to be palm oil. It's going to be, uh, you know, maybe bleached white flour. Um, and then there's probably going to be some sugar in there. So, and, and we've also really diluted our protein supply. Um, there's all these documentaries coming out about how, you know, we eat way too much protein uh, meets the issue. But when you look at it, the average American is eating, you know, maybe 50 to 60 grams of animal protein a day, the rest coming from plant protein that's coming from these really processed foods. So the vast majority of our calories and of our daily nutritional intake is not even coming from animal protein. Uh, that actually tends to be really minimal for a lot of people. So our thesis in this book is ultimately we want to flip those ratios. We want to scale back on the energy calories. We want to scale back on the carbs and fats, and we want to really increase the protein because protein is one of those things that you can eat, and it's going to make you satiated. You're going to stay lean. It's going to support your lean mass, um, and it's not really going to be stored as fat. That's one of the things. Um, you can eat a very high protein intake. You'll see bodybuilders do this going into a show. They'll skyrocket their protein, and they'll cut back on carbs and fats, and that's going to help them stay satiated but they're not going to be storing fat from that protein. So that's the main thesis of the book. We want people to increase the protein to energy ratio. And that's what PE stands for. It's protein to energy ratio. Have you seen the documentary on Netflix called The Game Changers? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what is your take on that? I mean, basically, for those of you guys that listening that don't know, it's basically a you know positioned documentary to promote plant-based protein diets only. Do you currently eat meat or are you still on the on a complete vegan or, you know, vegetarian diet? Oh, no. So after my my three and a half stint on that, um I reached a level where my gut health, my energy, so many things were starting to fail me and I I was literally in the middle of filming Power Rangers, so I had to change it. I went to the keto diet for 6 months. That was fantastic. And then from there, I started doing a carnivore diet, which you basically it's keto to the next level. You cut the plants out and you're really just focused on the highest nutrient density animal foods you could possibly get, which is grass-fed meats, wild-caught salmon, um, you know, doing pasture-raised eggs, doing some organ meats if you can, like grass-fed beef liver for some of the extra nutrient density. And when I did that, it, it was finally all of the boxes kind of got checked off for me. I did that for two years. Um, I leaned out. I was able to build muscle on that. I had great energy on that. Skin was clear. Um, and I also didn't have any gut issues. My gut was finally able to heal. So I, I really thrive on that. And there's so much information coming out now that's showing that that's really consistent with the ancestral way that humans ate. Um, we One of the theories that people are putting out now is that we were obligate carnivores who used plants as sort of a survival food and plants were often brought in seasonally um you know during the summer if there were fruits or different plants available but it was not the way it is nowadays where people are eating these every single day constantly so i really thrived on that diet um currently that's not really what i'm doing because i am trying to bulk up a little bit more so i'm doing more of a vertical diet type template if you guys have heard of uh, stan efforting so I'm bringing in some white rice, potatoes, things like that to sort of fill out muscle glycogen. But um, 
my overall thoughts about Game Changers, I'm, I'm not going to do a point-by-point -point rebuttal, but I'm just going to say that a lot of the science that upholds the plant-based paradigm that's currently at the – it's at the root of our nutritional advice. It's at the root of what our government's telling us. Uh, there's a huge global movement going on right now to push this for environmental reasons, for um, economic reasons, things like that. I would say that the root of that science is based on epidemiological studies that are essentially these surveys taken over a long period of time that then draw loose correlations based on people's answers. And I would just say that that's not the strongest way to do it. And from my experience with consuming a lot more animal protein and a lot more meat, and from so many people that I've seen, um, that is a, a very high nutrient density food choice that the body receives very well. It's very bioavailable to the body. So I would just say when you watch those documentaries, take it with a grain of salt, go do some research, read some counter arguments, make sure you're getting the full picture and just know that they are, they're created to have a certain effect on people. So now explain to what, what's to come for you. What's, what's the, what's the long-term vision? What's, I mean, what's the short-term vision and the long-term vision? I want to hear about what your, uh, your real goals are. So the short-term vision for really what I'm working towards this year is to build my foundation in music. Um, that's another one of those things I wanted to do for so long. And I, I really live by like a bucket list mentality. I, I don't know if you guys can tell this, but like, I want to, you know, go to my grave knowing that I did literally everything that I wanted to do. So music's one of those things. I want to drop albums. I want to tour. Um, those are some of the long-term goals. So currently I've been working a lot on studio time, uh, working on songs. I've got a bunch of songs completed right now, training my voice, things like that. So that's kind of some of the short-term stuff, um, as well as I have three series uh, going on right now. Um, one of them is Rise of the Hood, where I'm playing Nightwing. One of them is um, Rise of the Ninja, where I'm reprising my Power Ranger role. And then the other is Solaris, which is a sort of post-apocalyptic um, show that's going to be about the solar flares are hitting the Earth, endowing some people with superpowers, and basically how that journey turns out over time. So I'm working on those as well. And then I'm also running these... 21 day carnivore shred challenges every month. The next one is coming up July 6th, which is probably going to be after the time this comes out. But um, yeah, every month we do a 21 day carnivore shred challenge. It's a community thing where um, people are on a diet plan, a workout plan, but we're doing this within um, this really awesome community in WhatsApp where we keep each other accountable. People are posting up motivational videos, books they're reading, who's getting up at 5 a.m., um, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's just a cool community. And then at the end, you know, we pick four winners and we have cash prizes based on not just their transformation and weight lost, but also their engagement with the community and how much were they contributing on a daily basis to their fellow participants. So I've got that going on, and also trying to get the uh, the PE diet signed up with a major publisher. Um, we did a, we did a digital release and then we just a couple weeks ago dropped the hard copy, but we're literally self printing these. Um, we have a company that we're working with that's printing these. So as a result, the prices are ridiculous. So we want to work with a, with a, you know, a legit, one of the top publishers in the health space to 
get this book out there wholesale um, in stores so we can really get the message out there. So that's kind of the short-term stuff. The long-term, I just, yeah, I, I just have some really big goals in acting and music and uh, in giving back. And I'm just kind of working towards all that stuff. We haven't really talked much about music. Can you, can you fill us in a little bit about, about what's going on there? Yeah. So, um, I've, I've loved music for such a long time. I listen to so many different things and last year. So I think this was about maybe August of last year. I was at a convention, um, where you, you know, you meet all the fans and you get to sign autographs and meet people, super fun experience. And I met this rapper, uh, ATO and he, he came up to me and he was like, Hey man, um, we, we had a great chemistry and we were talking and then he said, um, you know, I'd love to do a song for you. You know, if you want to use it for your YouTube or if you want to use it for whatever, it's just like something that you could use for your personal brand. And I said like, awesome, that I'm down. So I, I kind of wrote up some, some topics and themes and I sent it over to him and and then I had this random idea when I was driving one day, I was like, yo, can I, can I hop on this track? Would that be cool? Like if it sucks, we can just delete it. You know, we don't have to use it, but I just want to give it a shot. Um, so I did that and it was an amazing response from the whole fan base of Power Rangers and, and the fans of what I do. And we, we got it out to a bunch of press outlets and stuff. And uh, there were a bunch of headlines of, of Red Ninja Steel Ranger uh, makes rap debut. And it, it was just a really cool thing to do. But I knew right then and there that I had caught the bug. Like I wanted to do music for so long. And then being in the studio, being in the booth, um, doing that, I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be good. So my, my probably favorite style of music for the past five to six years is Latin trap and reggaeton. Um, I'm not Hispanic. I wasn't raised in that culture, but I, I just love the music. I think they kill it. So I have always wanted to bring that kind of music to an English audience. I feel like most Americans don't really know that that music besides Despacito and maybe uh, you know a few other songs. But there's so much versatility with that. You can rap on it. You can sing on it. You can do English on it. You can do Spanish on it. Um, it shares a lot of parallels with Caribbean music, with Afro beats, things like that. So that's essentially what I'm working on right now is a lot of reggaeton, Latin trap stuff. I'm doing Spanglish on it. And I want to put together sort of a global sound from that, you know, using those beats and, and bringing on the right features. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at with the music mm -hmm. right now. What's it like, what's it like working for Nickelodeon and incorporating this music world? I mean, are you allowed to like, are you allowed to curse on, on your songs if you wanted to, or like, what's that, how's that work? Like, what's your, what's that work like with the, the PR aspect of things? Um, so I'm not currently under contract with Nickelodeon. I, I was in like a two to three year contract with them. I'm not currently under contract with them. So I could pretty much do whatever I want. Um, for me, that's, that's something that I'm still navigating right now. There's, there's a part of me that just wants to say, screw it. And and just drop all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> um, and then there's the other part of me that feels a slight obligation to the younger fan base that I have. And I have put out a strong message over the past, you know, three, four years of, of positivity, of work ethic, of, um, of really kindness. And I've really promoted that message. So I don't think that it would make sense to suddenly like turn that on its head and go super explicit. But at the same time, I want to be able to express anything that I want to express. Um, 
And for me, that that tends to do more with like women than it does with like, I'm going to shoot up your block, blah, blah, blah. Like that's obviously not me. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm still kind of navigating what I want to do lyrically. But right now, a lot of what I'm doing is um, it's more in like the pop side of things. It's a lot more of, um, yeah, just, just stuff that you would hear on the radio that would get radio play that touches on kind of themes that everybody is familiar with, whether it's love or whether it's, um, you know, stuff like that. So I'm, I'm still kind of figuring that one out. I really love how much you embrace your freedom and your the creativity of what you're really trying to do and not being under a certain contract with someone. Um, yeah. So I, I really appreciate having you on. This was amazing. And you gave us so many great nuggets. I know we're a little bit pressed for time here. So is there something specific you'd like to leave our guests with before we wrap this up? Oh, totally. Okay. So I would love if every single one of your guests, whether they have done this before or not, but if they would take the time some weekend, block block out for yourself, maybe three or four hours. And in the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, there's a part of that book where they have a mission statement. And it literally takes you through how to write a mission statement for yourself. And this is not some weird corporate statement about, I value ethics and people and blah, blah, blah. It's literally, you are writing out the plan for your life. And that was one of the most life-changing things I, I ever did. So I went through this and it, it takes a while to fill out, but I filled out every section of this. You talk about your, you basically create a life story for yourself and it's um, somebody giving a speech, I think at like your 80th birthday. And you, you write that out, you write out your values, you're writing out your role models, you write out all this different stuff. When you write that down, that is going to give you such a clear vision of ultimately what matters most to you, what you want to achieve in life, and where you should be headed. And then after that, you're probably going to feel tension because you may not be heading in that direction at the moment. And I would say take some time and make sure that you have clear yearly goals with your finances, with your career, and with your personal development, maybe two to three for each of those areas. Very clear goals. At the beginning of each week, sit down. And look at those yearly goals and write out uh, weekly goals. Write out, you know, what's what's the next step? How am I going to drop those 10 pounds? How am I going to get that raise? Or how am I going to leave this job and, you know, move to this new industry? How am I going to repair this relationship with a family member? Like, sit down and literally write out, what am I going to do this week for each of those different areas? And then I would highly recommend everybody just get up early and have a schedule each day. You will get so much more done when you don't have to deal with the decision fatigue of what am I supposed to do today? So many things I got to do. Uh, I'm so stressed. Let me just procrastinate. Let me waste time. Let me um, avoid my work. If you have a clear game plan and a clear schedule, you will get so much stuff done and it's going to make your life way more fun because you're going to be, you're going to feel confident because you'll know that you're on top of everything and you're going to be able to achieve so much more each year. And each year, that's going to build on itself and build on itself. And then when you meet yourself in 10 years, that's going to be a completely unrecognizable person um, because you've taken all this time out to build every area of your life, not just your career, you know, not just your, uh, your physique, but every single area of your life. So I think that that's stuff that nobody teaches in school. And you kind of learn that when, uh, when you leave home and you have to figure things out for yourself. But 
I wish they taught that in schools because it's so important. The value of getting up early, of having a schedule, of writing out clear goals, of um, you know, really searching inside of yourself for what you want to do in life. So that's what I would leave your audience with. If you have not done those things yet, um, do them. Pick up The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Read through it. It's a fantastic book. Do the mission statement part. And it is definitely worth the four to five hour investment. Because if that's going to net you uh, millions of dollars, or if that's going to net you the the dream wife, if that's going to net you the house that you always wanted, if it's going to change your entire life, how is that not worth the investment of time? So that's what I would recommend. Beautiful, Will. Really appreciate it, man. And and how can our guests follow you on Instagram, listen to your music, uh, you know, watch you on the television? How what's the best way for us to to follow your journey? Yeah. So. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram, so that's at William Schufelt, S-H-E-W-F-E-L-T. And then also on YouTube, I release a lot of vlogs on there. I release just sort of like, um, just dropping tips and advice and things that I'm learning. And then I also do um, a lot of acting stuff on there and acting promotions. So I drop trailers on there, things like that. So it's William Schufelt. And I really... I, I haven't dropped my music yet. I've I've got a good six, seven songs right now that I'm holding on to. So the music's not out there yet, but I'll, I'll be promoting that on my social media when it's good to go. And uh, if people want to watch Power Rangers Ninja Steel and Super Ninja Steel, which is the second season, um, that's on Netflix. Just check that out. We have like over 45 episodes on there. And yeah, that's that's pretty much where they can find me. Will, thanks so much. Just so much value you brought here. I mean, I thought we're coming on, we're interviewing the, we're going to be talking about the Power Rangers. There's literally nothing about it. You're a jack of all trades, and I'm really excited to follow your journey. I'm sure our listeners are as well. So thank you so much for coming on, and uh, have a great day, man. Dude, thank you guys. Thank you both. Um, I'm, I'm so glad Chris hooked it up, and I'm glad that we could do this. And I love the format. I love that we got straight to business. So um, good stuff, guys. Yes, sir. tuning in to the learn lead podcast where you get to own your life stay tuned for our future guests coming soon make sure to like and subscribe